All right, we are back with another rant. I'm trying to place things in a way so it's easy uh, to speak into this mic. Um, for the record, I am aware that sound quality is not ideal at the moment. Um, the reason for this is because fixing things with technical... Um, yeah, these technical things is um, extremely boring to me. <laughs> and um, if I don't see the real use for it, like long term uh, benefits, so to speak, then I usually don't tend to uh, spend my time doing it because I have a very, very busy schedule as it is. Uh, so I just run, run putting out fires and doing these sort of things all the time otherwise. So, um, we will see. I am enjoying doing these podcasts. Um, I'm enjoying them more and more, even though I'm not doing them super frequently. Um, but if this turns out to be something, if you know, when I hit maybe like episode number 50, something like that, and I really get a sense for, yep, this is something I really will be doing long term, then I will um, uh, basically, uh, you know, be fucked actually sorting this out. So, um, until then, feel free to keep encouraging me and uh, using some good old Pavlovian conditioning to get me to keep doing this, and once we hit, maybe not, 50 but like at least 30 episodes and i see that yeah this is people are enjoying this this is really giving value to people um and i will be um, doing this for a long period of time then i'll do it uh, as of now it's just a fun little experiment another way of me for me to provide um value back when i was doing the sql podcast people really really liked liked it um but after around episode 20 or so i really lost my um, my my enthusiasm for doing it i'm i'm a huge introvert i love writing that's why you know like you know <laughs> i'll never stop putting out articles right um but with this with just talking like this we i don't know we'll see if if I hit 30, 40, 50, something like that, episodes, and I'm like, yeah, this shit is awesome, I'm going to keep doing it, then I will uh, set up a real professional uh, setup. So, um, yeah, for those of you that have commented on sound quality, uh, that's my short response. Oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. Or, yeah, we're not going to be able to go through everything that we have to talk about. Um, I have had some... <laughs> I've had some experiences ever since the 14th of December, the day before my birthday. Which actually is my mom's birthday as well. Um, 
experiences I will not speak about publicly just yet. Um, I've told uh, uh, my clients know about it and my closest friends know about it. Um, but I'm probably not going to go public with this just yet. But to uh, not give you too much of an open loop, there are I have been accessing some um, very mystical experiences, I guess you could call it, uh, really tapping into very sort of supernatural uh, things within myself, <laughs> which is, <laughs> it's just kind of funny to talk about it like this. Um, and you'll, you'll see why when I decide to actually talk about it. Um, I've been close to writing posts about this on multiple occasions, but every time that I start writing it, I'm like, nope, this is not the time yet, and I delete the thing. Um, but this will probably lead to uh, even more <laughs> new pivots in the way that I run this business. I know I keep saying that every two months, it's like, holy shit, big things are happening. Uh, things will never be the same again. Uh, but 2020 has really been the year of transformation for me. It's like every two months or so, I'm having some huge spiritual awakening moment. And each awakening just makes the previous one look so futile that I almost couldn't have called it spiritual. Um, but now the last one that I had was um, on a very absolute level, to put it that way, for those of you who understand that kind of language. Um and I am now really going to to focus on as much of a selfless kind of ser serving as possible um, because worldly sort of achievements have really lost their uh their i don't know their shine to me that's not the proper translation from what i'm trying to say in swedish <laughs> but i'm sure you understand what i mean um there are some things i still enjoy i still enjoy going to the gym um and i do enjoy having some financial stability but the big sort of vision that I had for this movement and the business and everything like this uh, that it's, it's, it's pretty much gone um, my idea to get back into competing and doing you know MMA really hardcore that's kind of gone as well um, it was something at the back of my mind that I'll probably do a couple more like little runs of just, uh, you know, meeting a lot of women, you know, taking some friends with me to like Ibiza or Vegas or something and be there for like a month and just, you know, meet, meet a lot of women and just have fun for like a month. Um, but even just doing that just for the sake of fun, like feels completely futile to me right now. Um, it's like I've lost all, <laughs> almost all sort of drives for that matter. For in in that regard, um, and the only drive I have left 
that's like very broadly like that is actually fitness. I'm really enjoying working out and maintaining a good diet. Uh, partly because it puts me in such a good energy that when I do meditation and these sort of things, I just get really, really deep into the meditation. Um, but there's also the proper, fully worldly thing that I just enjoy um, looking really good. Um, I'm starting to to get back into the shape I was uh, before Corona hit. Um, and um, my ego is really enjoying it, which is fascinating that that's the one thing that sort of uh, still sticks around, that that's the last one. Um, I would definitely have thought that either making big sums of money or uh, going on like a little bit of a pickup rampage would have been like the last thing to persist or MMA rather MMA or pickup would have would have been what I would have picked if, if I if I would have made a bet on it um, and then uh, yeah I, I've never been that driven by money so I probably no maybe not um, but but building a big sort of movement and a, and a business not for the money but just for the building of something cool um, but nope none of it is interesting I am just at awe with how fascinating and incredible space is not space is outer space but literally like the air in the room around me right now I'm kind of like spacing out a bit just being aware of the, of the space around me. Um, yeah. It's... Uh, it's definitely the start of a completely new journey. Completely new. Um, so I, may, I, I, I basically had to make a decision, right? And I was speaking to my mentor about this. Um, what the fuck do you do when you get to this place that I've gotten to? Where it's just almost all worldly things just completely lost their <laughs> their value. Um, what do I do? It's like I've completed life in many ways. I'm like, well, I have access to this infinite amount of bliss and peace and everything is just so beautiful and fascinating and perfect. It's just perfection itself. Um, so what do I do? Do I go to a, to a cave? Like, it's going to be hard to function in the real world. And she basically said, well, you're going to have to feel into this a little bit, but this is, you know, like you've gone into the place where, you, where you ha you're a bit, at a bit of a crossroads, <laughs> which is a funny corporate <laughs> metaphor as well. Uh, funny how, yeah. It's just <laughs> um, so you're at a crossroads, right? And you have to feel like, what what is your purpose here? Is your purpose to be part of society, or are you just gonna sit in a cave and bliss out pretty much, right, for the rest of your life? And uh, I have to be honest, going to a cave and just sitting there <laughs> and feeling this shit is pretty damn tempting, right? Um, but 
the place that I've gotten to is just so that humans also become so amazing. It's like I love every human. It's like looking at. It's funny. I was talking to my friend Laura about this, and she's like, I feel like Pierre these days is looking at people like I look at kittens, and it just like, yep, that's it. Every person I see, not not all the time, right? Because I still slip out of this insane state. Um, but for the most part, I just look at people and I'm like, oh, they're so beautiful. They're so sweet. They're so sensitive. They're so just, yeah, humans are just amazing. Um, so I want to be around humans more than I ever have before. Actually, I... I like, I've always been, like, I really care about people who struggle and stuff like that. But, like, other people have been kind of harsh against, like, other humans. Um, but now I'm, like, I just really, really love humans. So I sort of decided that I'm going to stick around. <laughs> this is people listening to this. Like, what the fuck happened to Pierre? What is he talking about? <laughs> just knew if you just knew what's going on anyway um so i made a decision to hang around at least for a couple of decades i'll probably hang around for the rest of my life i actually realized like how much i do want to to be around humans um which was cool, but not for the sake of like being part of society so I can make money and do this. But it's more like humans are so cool. I want to, I want to be around them because it makes me feel good to just see humans, just like it feels good to be around puppies and kittens. Um, but also because I feel like um, it would be kind of a beautiful journey to make it. A purpose, and this is purpose with almost like air quotes around it, right? Because in many ways I have already fulfilled my purpose here, uh, but <laughs> more more on that in another podcast um, when I feel like it's the time to start talking about it. But in any case, um, it's kind of a beautiful purpose to stick around and help other humans understand what causes suffering and how to end suffering and both on an individual level and also on a collective level and also on a more cosmic level like bigger than just the human species bigger than our collective Yeah. <laughs> My mind is kind of screaming at me that, dude, you are so slow and so low energy. No one is going to listen to this shit. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> However, that is completely okay. If this does not resonate with you, I will not try to force you. You're free to log off you know no hard feelings oh man isn't silence just so beautiful 
Holy shit. Alright, so we actually do have a ton of questions. And I want to start going through them one by one. Uh, but before we do do that, I want to bring up something on my own. Uh, so I uh, posted about several like little routines you can do to put more energy into your body. Um, and I have been experience, exp- experimenting <laughs> and experiencing. But I've been experimenting with energy work a lot. Especially breathing work, breath work. Um, and I'm just going to assume that everyone who's listening to me knows about Wim Hof and Wim Hof breathing. Um, so I've been going to like the source of this, which is called Tumo, T-U-M-M-O. So you can see these Tibetan monks sitting in the Himalayas, right, with snow all around them, like negative degrees, right, cold as shit. And they will put a wet blanket over themselves and they will dry the wet blanket. They're naked other than that. They got some underwear on, right? Uh, but they, they put a wet blanket on their naked body and they dry the blanket with their body heat in negative degrees with snow all around them, right? Sitting on ice pretty much, right? <clears throat> How is this possible? Well, it's because we got energy. Right, you can actually tap into energy sources that are beyond science, pretty much. The rational mind can't really explain this. Like science still doesn't know how it works, right? But you know, Wim Hof uh, has brought a watered-down version of this to the West, and they're doing a ton of scientific studies on him and trying to explain how it all works, right? Um, which, you know, it, it'll give you like, oh, but this thing works and it releases that dopamine and blah, blah, blah. But that, it's like science thinks that that's like an explanation of things. But, okay, but why does it work like that, right? Science never can, can never explain that stuff, right? You have to go to the source of consciousness or God, if you will, in order to be able to understand these things. But more than that on another podcast. Either way, I've been experimenting with this quite a lot recently. And so one thing that I decided to do... So, people get into the Wim Hof stuff, but because it's a bunch of Western people in what's called the Orange Stage uh, Spiral Dynamics doing this shit, so that they can, you know, like, perform better in the gym and have better focus, you know, the way that people have bastardized mindfulness, or like you know, yeah, mindfulness. They turn it into Western mindfulness shit, right? Like Sam Harris. Oh, do this and you'll have better focus. Which <laughs> right? um, is not the point of it. The point of it is uh, you, know, you can realize that you're God. It's about God realization. In any way, in any case, um, so people do this and they you do this fucking breath hold, right? So you do, you breathe in through your nose, you let the air out through your mouth. Right? Wim says just breathe in through your, through your mouth if you want to. Don't do that. Breathe in through your nose because it, it, it humidifies the air and a bunch of other stuff. It's, so like holotropic breathing, not a fan. Check out the book called Breath or Breathe. Breath. B-R-E-A-T-H, I think, by James Nestor. He's been on the Joe Rogan podcast as well, so you can check him out there too. Nose breathing is the way. Don't do mouth breathing. 
don't do the holotropic breath work. It's not what you think it is. It's it's just not right. He fucked it up. The guy who created it, Stan, whatever his last name is. They took LSD away from him, and he realized if I breathe through my mouth for an hour, hyperventilate, I'll go into weird spaces. Cool, but it's actually not. He did, doesn't do it the right way. You're supposed to do it the way that, you know, check out uh, the the yogic breathing, right? You have the Tibetan monks, you have the Indians, you have a lot of different ty- styles of doing it. Um, that's what, what you're supposed to do, not uh, holotropic breathing. Anyway, um, so you do 30 breaths in, you know, breathing through your nose, <laughs> flap your lungs 100%, and you let it out through your mouth. You don't blow it out, you just let it out, right? Um, so that you, your lungs go down to like 50% full, and then you fill it up 100%. You do four breaths like that, and then you hold your breath after the exhalation. And the people who do Wim Hof, they time themselves, uh, right? So the first round, people usually can, can hold it for between one to one and a half minutes. And then you take one big breath in and you hold that for about 20 seconds. And that's one full round, right? And then you repeat it. Uh, so Wim Hof says do thir- 30 breaths like that and do three rounds of this. That's like the standard when you begin. Um, and then people are like looking at their times and people are just competing on who can do the longest breath hold. And people are now like holding it so long that they're passing out, you know. Which you know, I don't think it's anything dangerous with it if you're just sitting on your bed, but now you're using your ego to just push the limits of how long you can hold your breath. This is not about who can hold the breath the longest, like a fucking like a bunch of thirteen year old uh, boys who just hit puberty and trying to impress the cute girl in class by having some weird talent, right? That's not the point. It's not the point of the shit, right? Um. So I decided to do something radical, <laughs> which was to just listen to my body. Um, and shout out to Melissa and Laura in the group, um, because they're actually the ones that got me in tune with my body back when I was sick with COVID. Because I was so sick that if I ate something, I could just go into this place where I just my body didn't absorb any oxygen when I was breathing um and fun how that comes full circle that I applied it for breathing later on um and after a while I was eating sweet potato and berries and oatmeal and then I was just drinking tons of fluids right and then after a while I was like shit I feel like maybe I should eat something else but how do I know what I can eat they're like your body actually knows. Like, put the food in front of you and feel into your body. What does it say to you when you're looking at this, when you think about eating it, right? Which sounded crazy to me because my view of, like, diet is, like, what does science say about this? Is What what, what does this do to my body? It's like, here are the macros, here are the micros, here's this, here's that, and you just do it like that, right? And they're like, no, listen to your actual body. So I have to, like, ask my body, like, hey, dude, do you want this shit? <laughs> you know, like literally having a chat with my body. And I learned to feel into my body in terms of what to eat, which later developed to learning intuitive eating. Um, 
And for more intuitive eating, go and check out Sim Kyra. I put up a post uh, where I tagged him in the group recently, so go check him out. Uh, he's amazing with the stuff as well. Um, he had a bunch of health issues that he had to heal similar ways that I healed from COVID. Um, and so, so, so I decided to do that, right, with the breath work. So I said, okay, I'm not going to do 30 rounds. I'm going to do these breaths until my body tells me to stop. And then I'm going to do the breath hold until my body tells me to stop. I'm not going to take the time. And then I'm going to do as many rounds as feels good. So I ended up, I think the first round did like 10 breaths. Then I did, I think, 12 or something. Then I went down to like eight. So it's very, very easy work, right? And then after after a while, I started getting up to 30 breaths. And then I did a few rounds of this. Then I did a few on 40 breaths. I think I eventually ended with one on like 50 or 60 breaths or something like that. But I was just following what my body was telling me. And I did like, what was it, seven or eight rounds in total, I think. So a couple really low ones, a couple at 30, I think maybe one or two on 40, and probably one at like 50 or 60, something something like that. I don't remember exactly. This is like uh, two weeks ago now, right? And so then I was sitting. I kept sitting. I was just sitting on the couch. And I'm like... This is fascinating. Like, I'm definitely feeling a bit of an effect, but I don't really feel that much different from when I just do three rounds of 30. So maybe I just don't get this breathwork stuff. That was sort of what I was thinking. And then I stood up. <laughs> and you know, like, when you drink alcohol and you're still sitting down, you, it's like the alcohol has not really hit your brain because your blood is not circulating that much or fucking whatever. Like, your blood is circulating a ton when you're doing this breathwork stuff because you get your heart rate up. So, I don't know what it is. But in any case, it was like with alcohol, right? You sit down and you drink, you don't feel it, then you stand up and you get super drunk, right? So, I stood up and suddenly, it was like I was on LSD. And I have taken LSD, so I know what it feels like, all right? It was exactly like being on LSD. The whole world got this kind of like plastic kind of feeling to it. And I got hyper aware of the actual space, around me like the air it was like it was more fascinating to look at the air than it was to look at things but then as i was looking at things and i just got stuck looking at a plant for like i don't know like five minutes just staring at it and the colors were so vibrant um and uh i i left a, a voice message to to uh, laura and sarah i think it was yeah and uh, I, I was like, guys, you have to do this, this breathwork shit. It's, it's better than LSD, right? And then I just, I think I just ended up giggling for the, the next two minutes until I, I cut off the fucking voice memo. Um, and yeah, it was just incredible. Uh, and so I've been experimenting with this and I've been actually looking up other people doing similar things. Uh, so if you look at different Wim Hof groups, you look at, uh, it's a lot on Reddit as well, right? Not that much on the Facebook groups, but there was one guy the other day, but really on uh, Reddit. And you just look for Wim Hof, like how many rounds have you done the most? You know, so you just Google that kind of shit, right? So I would just Google uh, Wim Hof, how many rounds, 
plus Reddit, and you, you get a lot of threads coming up. And you'll see some people being like, yeah, I did 11 rounds, and uh, I, you know, felt like I was levitating, and my body dissolved, and my ego dissolved, and blah, 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 blah. So all these sort of things that, you know, the the reason people do, created these breathwork things, like the yogis, was it's it's like it's like speeding up meditation. That's the point of it, because it 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 may take you multiple years of getting to do, to these altered states of consciousness through meditation, um, but through breathwork you can get there a lot faster, right? So it's like putting it on steroids in a way, right? And most of the people that do this like many rounds, they also go. Hey, I'm not going to just like maximize the time to hold the, the breath hold. I'm not going to do 30 breaths every time. Uh, all these sort of things. Like you, you're not forcing yourself because you can. It's so much breathing and breath work. There, there's like it's kind of like territory that Wim Hof doesn't really talk about for liability issues in case something bad would happen to you. So everyone is just very careful. So now everyone who does this many rounds, they're listening to their body, and their body is guiding them to it. Right. And yeah, there was one guy with like a shoulder injury from boxing and I've got the exact same. And he sort of like visualized healing it and sending blood and nutrition to, to the to the injury. And the injury has been healing up for me. My neck has been healing up. I've been having nerve signaling issues in my neck uh, for about 10 years. And that has started to go away. Um, and th- this is the stuff that Wim Hof does, you know, when he's, he's broken 27 world records or some shit. Like, he doesn't do three rounds. He he will probably do, like, 20 rounds of this shit before he does these crazy things. And, um, yeah, so it's very, very fascinating stuff. So, to you guys in the group uh, looking for, um, looking to to really get the most benefit out of these more esoteric practices that I've been talking about in the group. Of course, you do it at your own risk. That's number one. I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice at all. It has nothing to do with medical stuff, right? I'm just saying you can get into altered states of consciousness. The repercussions on your health, don't ask me. There's a lot of science that says that this is amazing for your health, but that's not me saying it, right? So, and I'm not claiming that that's true or not. I'm just, because I'm not even really looking at science these days. And we can talk about that in another podcast, right? Um, but this scientific paradigm is, you know, it's great, but it's a little bit limited as well. Um, in any case, I really recommend, if you feel drawn to it, and you listen to your body, and remember that I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but feel free to explore this. It's very, very, very fascinating. And I've been doing it with my clients as well. So what I've been doing recently is I have three one-hour guided meditations, Monday to Friday, taking the weekends off. Uh, so I do one at 5 a.m., then I do one at 8 a.m., and then one at 8 p.m., right? This is all in Central European time. But I've spread it out so that no matter what time zone my clients are in, everyone will be able to attend at least one, Right. And on these calls, we, we sometimes will begin with just doing six, seven, or eight rounds of breath work. 
And then straight after this, we go into really deep self-inquiry of the nature of your ego and your true self and consciousness and and going closer to like God realization, these sort of very, very deep spiritual practices. And it's um, it's incredible. It's like some guys have been like, dude, I have just like found true joy for the first time in my life. Um, I've just been feeling love for people. Um, one guy is just out like, Hey, I, I just realized I need to do more charity. Right. It's just running. It's just crazy. It's super, 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 super inspiring to see what taking these practices really seriously and not just doing them in a secular fashion, but really stepping into the spiritual esoteric aspects of this. It's so cool to see what that can do for people. Um, and, uh, yeah, very, very cool. Uh, and also doing these things. Well, one thing that happened is I've been tapping into this kind of selfless service mentality. And what happened from, from that was a couple of clients were like, yeah, it's great for all these practices, but is there any way we can incorporate a little bit more accountability? Because usually I would just fucking yell at people like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, I just... Uh, use like the whip kind of thing to get people to do their practices um but stepping into these practices more and getting into this more selfless kind of service i was like why why don't i just get on a call with these guys and i'll i'll just we'll just do the meditation together right so just get on a call or get on a zoom call a video call and I, i'm like all right now we'll do it Rounds of Wim Hof, and then we'll do 40 minutes of this, and then this, and this, and this, right? And it's very uncomfortable for me. I get up at 5 a.m. every day only to help to to uh, accommodate one guy who lives in China, and though that's pretty much the only time that really, like all the evening times and later in the day, it's when he's working or sleeping and all these sort of things, and we found that somewhere between 4 to 6 a.m. would be the best for him, um, and getting up at 4 a.m., then I'm going to be cutting out s sleep and shit because we have a late night call. And I'm like, All right, well, I'll get up at 5 a.m. for you every day. Um, and then a couple of my guys, and one guy from California, one guy from South America, usually joins that call as well. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it's like this whole idea of doing these calls came from after I had been really stepping into these prices for real and being like, let's serve selflessly, right? It's not for me, right? Like, I don't really enjoy getting up that early. It's, or I don't do it, enjoy that at all. And a lot of the time, I feel like I would just get a lot more out of it just doing these practices on my own, but I'll have to do that outside of these hours. Now it's three hours a day of just pure selfless service and stepping into that makes me just getting into even deeper states of consciousness or actually getting into consciousness itself. But again, more on that on the podcast. Um, and it's powerful, man. Taking these things serious you will discover the way out of suffering and pain. It's, yeah, it's, it's fucking magic. Um, 
Um, <clears throat> I have been considering if there's a way to open up uh, just a meditation course for a wider audience. Um, because these guys have said that this has been, this is like one of the, it's like, it's, it's, it's the most important thing in their life now. Because they got, partly it's a group, um, it's real accountability, and it's just putting real high vibrational energy into their life. They're getting closer to spiritual, you know, <laughs> things. They're having incredible states, like all these sort of things. Um, however, opening this up for free is out of the question because it, you, you're not going to take it serious, right? So, I mean, thinking about potentially just doing outside of the paid mentorship, right? So, that's when you have all the private calls and all the other forms of accountability. But to just get, have access to these could potentially be a monthly sort of subscription service where you get the accountability and you get someone with over a decade experience doing these practices uh, helping you and guiding you through it because um, I do know they would be very very powerful for a lot of people to have that thing daily there are three hours Monday to Friday that you got to pick from and if you only do one of them a day that's incredible like that's that's an hour a day, five days a week, um, that you that you get this. Um, so if that does sound interesting, uh, please do shoot me a message about it. I want to see if uh, who because I know the power of it, but I want to see if if this really resonates with people. And if it does, then I'm gonna speak to the guys who are the mentorship clients and be like, okay, what do you guys feel about letting other people into these calls, right? Because I don't want them to feel like what they're paying for is sort of given away. Uh, obviously, you wouldn't be getting any private calls or like the actual real-life coaching outside of this, but to get some accountability and get some skin in the game to get yourself doing this, I think that would be powerful and that's also long term more and more <clears throat> the direction that i will go i ha i don't accept uh, applications for the mentorship anymore uh, that is completely off the table if you have not been in touch with me yet about the mentorships then they're gone i've been saying this for quite a while that they're going to be gone soon and now they are a thing of the past um there are some guys who have already reached out to me, and I consider them to be fine. Like, some are going to start in January, some will start in February. Um, so everyone hasn't started yet. But for those who haven't reached out to me about the mentorship yet, um, you that's off the table, right? Um, and I will move more and more toward probably just doing this form of forms of sitting with people and guiding them through these this deep emotional spiritual kind of work um and then there will be a pre-recorded uh sort of 
product um, where you can just get get all my knowledge for a fair exchange, so to speak. Um, and again, I'm thinking about the best ways of pricing it and all these sort of things. I'm experimenting with different ways of doing that. Um, yeah. I think that was what I had to say for my little intro rant about the breathwork and then it was good letting you know about the, the group meditations. Let me know if that sounds interesting to you. Um, all right. So we had one core question I want to get to first. So, multiple guys have asked me about how to stop thinking about women all the time. Let me pull up the exact question here. There's so many good questions right now, guys. Um, Alright, so basically detaching from the PUA mindset of constantly needing to have women around. Um, <clears throat> so there are a lot of guys that are like walking around and every woman they see, they have to approach her and blah, blah, blah and all of this shit, right? It's this constant thing spinning in the back of your mind. Um, you're not going to like the answer. But the answer is you need to get PUA completely out of your life. Right now, every time you see a woman, you see an object. You're not relating to women as subject to subject. You're relating, relating as subject to object. And it, this is not like some sort of fucking left-wing rant like oh, stop objectifying women i'm saying like you see a woman as oh now i can practice my skills of pickup uh, or if she doesn't like me that's just um, a mirror of my value as a man or like you're just seeing frame control you're seeing dominance you're seeing masculine feminine you're seeing attraction you're seeing uh, lay count, you're seeing respect in the, co in the fucking pickup community, um, or you think if you don't approach her, that means that now you're, you've got too much approaching sight, and that means you're unattractive as a man, and you're not completely free, and you're not expressing yourself authentically, and blah, 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 right? In order to get this out of your mind, you need to treat this as an addiction, because it is an addiction. Now let me also make this very, very clear. I am answering this for the guys who have expressed this to be a problem and a pain, but they cannot stop, right? That is addiction. If someone comes to me and says, hey man, um, how do I stop drinking alcohol? I've been trying, 
but I can't, and it's kind of fucking with my happiness. That would be called an addiction, right? So, when you're saying, how do I touch from the PUA mindset? Because I've been trying to just sort of like let go and just relate to women like as as normal people and just being able to relax when I'm with my friends, but I just can't, and it's just kind of fucking with my happiness. That, my friend, would be the definition of being a fucking addict, right? So, let's just be humble for the fact that this is addiction. And if you don't, if you're listening to this and you go, what the fuck, why are you Pierre saying that pickup is an addiction? I feel fucking fine. I'm super happy. Cool. I'm just replying to the guys who are expressing this to be painful. I have been in the same position. So I am speaking from my experience to someone who is having the same experience. If you're not having the experience, you don't need to take it personal. This is not an attack on you. However, if you do get right, because I've been been seeing people getting fucking riled up about the things I talk about these days, and let me tell you something, someone who's not addicted to alcohol is not getting riled up when people discuss alcoholism. It's only someone who's in denial. So maybe you should think about that too. But in any case, it's just a little seed that I'm planting for your own good, so don't freak the fuck out. If you're not addicted, then it doesn't matter if someone talks about the addiction to pick up. Okay? It's completely fine. If you have a completely healthy relationship to it, it doesn't affect you. Okay? Good. Now, to my fellow addicts out there. Rule number one. Realize you are the problem, not the solution. Let me say that again. You are the problem, not the solution. Your mind has become addicted. You will never be not addicted. You don't do a fucking uh, a cleanse and then suddenly you just operate as normal, right? It's not like you're a heroin addict, then you, you go to detox and then you can get back to just doing like, you know, maybe maybe you have, an, have like a surgery and they can give you some morphine and you're fine because you're not addicted anymore. No, 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 no. The second you take the first pill, you're back in full addiction mode, right? You just have to stay clean. That's why you're always a recovering addict, right? That's number one. You're the problem and you will be the problem forever now. Let that one sink in for a second. Also watch your mind arguing with me. (laughs) Skepticism. No. No, that can't be right. That can't be right. I'm not addicted. For a little bit of anger popping up, a little bit of denial, a little bit of skepticism, some sadness, a little bit of fear. Oh my god, what does this mean? Can I never speak to women again? No, that's not what it means. It means you should stay out of pickup bubbles. And we'll talk about that more in a second. Let's just let this sink in for you a little bit more, my dear friend. Also remember that I am doing this as a service. I'm not here to convince you of anything. I'm not selling you a POA recovery program. 
I don't give a fuck if you keep doing pickup or not. Okay? I'm here to give you loving service. That's it, right? Because remember, I have been making a ton of money from teaching pickup. The most selfish, self-beneficial thing I could do would be to tell people that pickup is awesome and I just kept teaching pickup, right? I had a pretty successful company with it. Multiple, actually. I know how to sell pickup coaching to anyone, right? If you speak a language that I speak, then I can sell you, and you're a male, then I can sell you on a pickup program, right? That's just the way it is, right? So when I'm talking about the pickup addiction, this is really me. Like, I let go on my drive to make money and my drive to, you know, have fucking followers. Like, I've had Facebook groups many times bigger than this one. And if I would have still been running them, there would have been tens of thousands of people in those groups, right? I am very, very good at selling that stuff, right? So when I'm giving you these these thoughts based on my own experiences, you have to understand that this comes from someone who was going through a dark night of the soul as a result of experiencing extreme addiction to pick up. I had to leave it because it was taking my soul. And for people who are starting to experience this thing, like, oh shit, it's, uh, it's a little bit hard to detach from it. That's how it begins. You have already become addicted. And you can keep going down that path until you text me one day like, hey, bro, I'm about to jump from a fucking building because my life fucking sucks. Like, we can have that conversation. I can talk you down the ledge and you can realize that you need to let go of that, this addiction then. Or you can do it now before you get that far, right? That's what I would prefer for you. But in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't actually fucking matter. You'll wake up eventually, right? But for those of you who are wise enough to see bad things when it's starting, rather than having to run into the fucking wall, then that's good, right? Like, you can see a dead end before you get to the to the end of the road, right? I didn't. I went all the way to the end, and then I just kept trying to push through, right? And eventually, I'm like, oh, shit, this is not working, right? Uh, if you are wiser than me, and you're realizing earlier than me, I'm very happy for you and I would love to serve you. And that's the point of this, right? So realize you are the problem. You will always be the problem and you do not have a solution. Your mind cannot solve this, right? That's the same thing with all addictions. Heroin, meth, alcohol, whatever the fuck it is, right? You are the problem, not the solution. That's number one. Um... You have to have that humility. Number two, what actually gets people to to quit addictions? There's only one thing that works. We know this from Alcoholics Anonymous. They say that everyone who actually finds a connection with a higher power, they do get clean. But this is why people like to shit on Alcoholics Anonymous, because they don't understand this this aspect of it. They go, oh, but there's so many people in Alcoholics Anonymous where it doesn't work for. Like, I've spoken to so many people that tried Alcoholics Anonymous, and it didn't work for them. So now you should buy my stuff, because I'm a fucking breakthrough coach. Cool shit, bro, right? Shut the fuck up. You don't understand this stuff, unless you've been a real addict yourself, right? 
I have been, right? And I tried all these fucking breakthrough coaches, right? They're all like really revered. They're supposed to be fucking amazing, right? Um, and they're like, oh yeah, it's just, you know, you have to realize that it's, you're actually seeking a benefit from the behavior. And they're just trying to reframe everything and doing hypno- hypnotic patterns and blah, 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 all this kind of shit. And it works for a little while. And then suddenly it's like, ah, fuck it. Let's just go out and just have a wild night out on the town, right? And then you wake up like in a fucking jail cell or <laughs> fucking like, dumb shit, right? Um, so eventually I turned to Alcoholics Anonymous, even though all these fucking coaches told me it's fucking bullshit, don't do that shit. But then my friend Thomas was like, nah, dude, this is the thing that you do, but you have to do it the right way. And listen to me, I used to do fucking bunch of shit. I don't know how public it is. I think it's super public, but whatever. I'm not going to go into it, what he was using, but he's like, yeah, because it's public about 12 steps at least. It's like, do this shit and you'll get it. You'll it'll be fine i'm like okay cool so what do you do okay here's an aa meeting here's a sponsor find a connection with a higher power i'm like cool 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 all right find connection with higher power oh shit i don't want to, to to do anything anymore right cool um that's how it works with alcoholics anonymous if you get the connection with a higher power you kick the fucking habit right now here's the cooler thing They've been doing studies with people with like doing heroin all sorts of shit, doing iboga. So iboga is like ayahuasca, but like the harder version. <laughs> it's like a 48-hour super trip, right? It's like your biggest nightmare ever. And it's something like 90% of heroin users quit at the end of the thing, right? There is nothing with a 90% success rate for heroin addicts, right? But... What is it with the, the 10% that don't quit, right? Don't, don't quote me on the exact numbers, but I think with heroin it was 90%, and with meth it was something like 60 or 70%, which is incredible and absolutely unheard of, right? But the ones that don't quit, what was the difference between them and the ones that did quit? The difference was the people who didn't quit, they didn't have a mystical, aka spiritual, experience during their trip. Just like what Alcoholics Anonymous is saying. The same damn thing. And how did I quit my pickup addiction? I got so depressed, so suicidal. I was on the verge of committing suicide. It's not like, kind of like, oh, maybe I should kill myself. It's like, okay, I've chosen my fucking method. I've chosen the time. I'm about to do this shit, right? Literally being being talked off a fucking ledge, right? We're talking serious shit. This is in September 2018, right? And I was making a ton of money, you know? Just all this kind of shit, having all my worldly materialistic goals sort of met, right? Ton of money, fitness, bitches, the bam, 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 looking like the fucking shit, and 28 years old, and I'm all fucking killing it in life. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm so awesome, right? And all these fucking, like, kind of like fans, followers, like, that meet me in various clubs and want to take selfies and, like, all this kind of shit. Like, I'm like, oh, I just, another 10 years of this, and I'll be fucking famous too. Fuck yeah, right? Dumbass Pierre. <laughs> but, you know, it was part of the journey. Um,. And so eventually I realized, oh, holy shit, this stuff really is not the, the path for me. And what's, and I think the reason why I got so upset from this path and why I got to such a dark place where it was suicidal is because I actually moved beyond this multiple years before, right? Um, and 
this thing was a giant regression. So when I was 24, I actually discovered like these spiritual truths uh, on my own by accident after a heartbreak. And I lived that, but then fear, like financial fear, made me regress. So this whole time it felt inauthentic of just going back into this and doing it just for money. And then after a while it just got too unbearable. I'm like, I can't just do this for the sake of fear. I have to, you know, live according to these spiritual truths. And then I got back to it and I got this connection with the with higher spirit being itself, whatever you want to call it. And that has been evolving ever since, right? And then now, in the last <laughs> week, it's just gotten uh, to a very, very, very uh, interesting place. Um, but that's what, what allowed me to move past this, is I understood that I have to take the spiritual side serious. And and that's also why I will still be doing this stuff that I'm doing. I will still have this business and there will still be like a product coming out and um, I will keep doing these podcasts and I will serve like this. But my service here will be um, to 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 help people get in touch with the spiritual side so they can meet women almost as a form of spirituality rather than a form of looking at results, right? Because I understand that people want to be able to still meet women and have sex and 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 do these sort of things but without it causing suffering and pain and this unhealthy comparison to other guys and women becoming objects but instead meeting women through a form that is life affirmative a way that is love affirmative that is spiritual that's bringing you literally closer to god through meeting women which is what tantra is all about so this is like tantra but outside the bedroom kind of thing right but the but the beginning of that journey is to understand that you have to let go of this orange stage spiral dynamics shit because that's where this addiction lives right you have to understand that there is no such thing like people talk about results you have to understand that either there is no result or everything is a result right i i i hate the way the the people use that word so incorrectly um, which is also um, just my, my per- I'm an INFJ for people who are into the Myers-Briggs and my um, uh, third cognitive function is introverted thinking, which is also called accuracy, right? So like using words in an accurate way is, you know, it's a little bit of a personality quirk, right? But it really bothers me a lot. Oh, I want results. Dude, you're having a result either way. You're saying you want the specific result that you desire. That's what what you're meaning. I, <laughs> I, I hate when people misuse that word so much. Um, but that's, yeah, you know, that's a bit of a pet peeve for myself. But you have to let go of this entire paradigm of results and comparison and differentiation. This is not a thing you compete with other guys with. You don't even compete with your old self. It's like some people are like, yeah, stop comparing yourself to other people. Just compare to yourself yesterday. Don't even do that. Do not look as, at women as any kind of result. There is none. Just You have to see this as a spiritual path where you approach a stranger, put yourself under social pressure can you still feel 
like an unapologetic and unconditional love and compassion and appreciation for the human in front of you, whether they like you or not. That's the beginning stages of this path. And when you and, you know, I've been using a lot of like science and explanations about this to 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 sort of um, get guys who are in that orange stage to 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 sort of like relax. Okay, so what happens with this is you get low cortisol, high serotonin, high dopamine, you become very dominant, you meet a lot of women, you can fuck about a ton of bitches this way too. Right? So, so almost like, you'll get the results, little buddy. Just forget about them and do it for the spiritual aspect. Um, and this is something that Joe Dispenza does a lot to get people to accept like manifestation and these spiritual practices and meditation, chakra systems, all this kind of stuff. Um, I'm becoming so disinterested in that stuff. I don't even want to be on calls with people when they ask me about that. I don't, you know, it's like, this shit will get you those results, but I'm probably, I will probably be talking less and less and less about that stuff and just be like, listen, man, you want to get, get rid of the suffering and pain around women, then learn this stuff. I understand you're addicted to it. You have to let go of results thinking. It's all fear, right? When you when you compare yourself to another guy, you compare yourself to another time that you went out, and women become some any kind of result, any kind of mirror of your value as a man. If 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 how many or how beautiful in your subjective sort of rating. No, it's it's objective, you know. Nature made us it. We're supposed to be attracted to a woman with wide hips and this kind of face and blah, blah, blah. It's not subjective at all. Yeah, whatever, dumbass. Go take this to your fucking science class, nerd. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. Get rid of your results thinking. Of thinking this is any kind of self-development path. It's not development. It's not improvement. Right? Use meeting women as a path to happiness, love, compassion, gratitude, basically as accessing Christ consciousness, but that's for another podcast. And yes, you fearful little ego, you will get your fucking results this way. But I don't even want to tell you that because then you're going to come and try to learn these things from me in order to get the fucking results and you're just going beyond the fucking purpose of it. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, but I feel fine doing fucking game. It's cool, then this is not for you. This is for the people who are actually experiencing pain, right? You will not get rid of the pain by sleeping with more women. Because you will compare yourself then and you will compare yourself at every level you get and it's just never ending, right? You need to let go of all of it. You need to let go of every thought. You need to let go of awareness of frame. You need to let go of of of, of any kind of just awareness and, 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 and just conscious thinking that is that 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 makes you think of of your relations with women as success with women, results with women, progress with women, improvement, development, skills abilities, um, like, 
purpose, you know, like it, it can be sort of like a little bit purpose oriented, but from a spiritual perspective, uh, where it's about basically processing karma, processing your ego, doing all these sort of things, right? Um, it can actually process quite a bit, bit of trauma this way as well. Um, but if this is, if this, yeah. You can't be looking at pickup content. You can't be talking to guys who are looking at pickup content. Like, it's like when you quit alcohol, man. <clears throat> you can't go to the places that trigger your addiction. You can't hang out with people that trigger your addiction. You cannot even engage with thoughts that trigger your fucking addiction. So what do you do? Well, you pray to fucking God. You find a higher power. And whenever you feel addicted... You, you go pray, you get in touch with this, you know, and the cool thing about pickup is that unlike alcohol, you can still go and meet women and have sex and enjoy these sort of things. Just it has to be done completely without the POA paradigm or the red pill paradigm or any kind of basically orange stage paradigm. It's just... That's the way it is. It's an extremely, like, the fucking founders of the whole pickup community. Look at mystery. Fucking bipolar disorder. Uh, using drugs. Losing custody of his children. It's, you know, there's an absolute wreck um, of a human, unfortunately. Right? Um, and... Almost everyone that's really, really good at pickup is extremely depressed and feels a lot of emptiness. And I know this because I know almost all the top-level guys. There are some guys that are exceptions to the rule, though. Some guys that have this just really happy, like natural, just very happy and healthy and low trauma, right? Um, and if you feel like this is not creating pain or shit for you, cool, go and do it, right? Knock yourself out. Uh, there are some guys that are just like very healthy individuals. And they do pick up for like six months and they get kind of good at it. And then they usually like leave it. That That's like the healthy dudes with high self-esteem, all those sort of things. Um, they get into pick up. They're like, oh shit, I can just approach and talk to women as I feel like. They sort of like this is just give them permission kind of thing. They usually rarely get into technical game, right? But sometimes they do, a l- little bit at least. But more from like a hypnosis, NLP aspect that they use to improve other areas of their life later on. Because they're like, ah, oh, this pickup stuff is a bit futile. There's better uses of this stuff um, to become a coach or, you know, deal with addiction, actually, funny enough. Um, and they get out in like six months. They're like, yeah, okay, I met maybe 10 to 20 girls in my first six months of doing this pickup thing. And I feel like I've got this under control and I know how to meet women when I want now and I don't need to prove anything else and um, I'm going to settle down with someone that I met or I'll just focus on other things while I'll meet some girls on the side, right? That's like the healthy guy, right? Um, Typically, right? There are healthy guys that that have taken it to a a lot further, right? But typically not. Um, So that's really it. Like, don't... Yeah. I'm not sure if I need to explain it further. That's how you begin, right? 
you have to treat as an except it is an addiction. Not treat it's it's an addiction, right? That's number one, right? Number two, let it go. You can't be at the same places. You can't be with the same people. And you can't engage with some thoughts that would trigger the addiction, right? Doesn't mean you can't go to bars forever and ever. You can't, you know, if you do day games, it's not like you can't be be at a mall, right? But try to avoid those places in the beginning. And whenever the thoughts come up, what do you do? What do you do? In in AA, they say hit your knees, right? If you need to, you call your sponsor. But once you've really uh, gotten the your um, connection with a higher power, you don't need your sponsor anymore, right? And same thing with this. It's like you just hit your knees and pray pretty much. For me, hitting my knees and praying does not mean that I hit my knees and pray. I close my eyes and I do deep meditative spiritual work, right? Um, For me, my... uh, It's not faith for me anymore because I've had direct experiences. And I'm, yeah, it's a little bit hard not to talk about it because we're talking about these things. But I've had direct experiences of some of the highest states of these things. I'm not going to go further down and explain what that is. Um, but for me, I study Advaita Vedanta right now. Um which is the, the Hindu branch or school of thought that that focuses only on one thing, which is non-duality. Where the non-duality quite literally means not two, right? Or not separate, not not many, right? Everything is one. Consciousness, God, whatever, right? Um, I would highly recommend checking out Ramana Maharshi. He's um, got a book called Who Am I? Highly recommend that to understand what I'm talking about a little bit more. Um, that's my path. That's my faith, if you will, right? But it's it's a very non-religious. Like you can believe, you can be a Muslim, you can be a Christian, you can be, um, you can be a Mormon. They're not called Mormons anymore, but you can be a Mormon. You can be um, like. Taoist, you can be whatever you want and still practice Advaita Vedanta because Advaita Vedanta is just about having a direct experience with God, right? That's all it is. Uh, so for me, that's my path um, and uh, my sort of mentors right now are, they are advanced in this school of thought and they're gu- guiding me through and helping me reintegrate my ego pretty much as I'm having more and more of these direct experiences and samadhis and all, all sorts of incredible things that have been happening lately. Uh, it's it's just so incredible. I'm almost crying just talking about it. Um, and you can combine these things with meeting women. So when you're in a bar or you're at a cafe with a friend and a woman walks, walks past and you start thinking pick up right you get frustrated you get stressed that it's that cortisol it's like oh like it's that wanting it's that needing things to change it's like a desire like that's cortisol and pure dopamine right not serotonin not oxytocin right cortisol and dopamine dopamine it's like 
the <laughs> the not enemy I don't want to say because it can be good with dopamine as well, right? But dopamine typically tends to create intense addiction, right? It's very self-image oriented, right? Uh, of wanting more, needing more. It's like a motivating chemical. People think that getting a lot of dopamine feels good. It's actually not. It's creating a lot of restlessness. It's like, I need to get that thing, right? Um, so, yeah, it creates like lack and scarcity is what dopamine really does in some ways. Um, not only, but kind of like that, right? And so, when you're sitting there and it's that girl and you feel that it's like, a need, it's like a lack, it's like a scarcity kind of feeling that, you know, you have to talk to her, you have to have a good reaction, you have to do this, blah, 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 and if you don't do anything, it means bad things about you, or fucking whatever. Understand, these are thoughts that you have no control over. This is addiction itself speaking. This is the ego doing what ego does. And the way out of this, there are actually many sort of gates to get out of this paradigm, right? When you're in that moment. One is through self-inquiry, which is what Ramana Maharshi teaches through Who Am I? Who Am I is a question you ask yourself, but it's not a question that's supposed to get an answer. It's a question that's supposed to break the one that's speaking. So you become directly conscious of your true nature. It's a very powerful question once you've had some of these experiences. And when you get in a beautiful state of absolute being and perfection of who am I everything changes and you suddenly do not need but you can still speak to people From a place of love, I love you guys. Who am I? Once you've had these experiences a few times, very direct pointers such as the who am I question can become so potent that just saying it casually I'm talking about something else 
just trigger you to become directly aware of your true nature. <laughs> I was not going to go here during this podcast, but here we are. The ageless, timeless, stateless, formless, emotionless, separationless state that is not a state. (laughs) I want to bring as many of you as I can with me here. Before my bodily time is up. Okay, I'm going to try to (laughs) Um, keep talking to you. I am not yet. Oh my god, it's so cool. Oh shit. I'm not. I haven't explored this for enough hours yet to be able to fully focus and speak and coach and serve. This is why the highest form of teaching is silence. And what I'm going to do longer term is allow for people to come to me in person and I will speak to you in silence. I'm not sure what we were talking about. Whatever we were talking about, it was probably something of only slight relevance and you will understand when the time is right what that means um <laughs> wow things are looking so cool right i do remember see i'm starting to learn how to communicate slightly from here. Oh, I feel so good. Okay. (laughs) Wow. See, this is why sometimes it would just be cool to go to a cave and just chill the fuck out. 
because then I could just do this and I don't have to try to fucking talk. Oh, this is better than fucking drugs. This is so crazy. And I've done a ton of drugs, so I know. Or I have not done drugs, because I can't do things, really. But Pierre has. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, well, I guess the cat's out of the bag. This is... <laughs> kind of what I'm doing now. <laughs> I'm just fucking... Blissing out in... Realization of consciousness itself. This is the reason why people do DMT and shit like that. <laughs> but you can access it. By asking yourself, who am I? Crazy stuff. Everything looks so interesting when you're here. You see the vibrations of everything. It's crazy. Um, so, right, how to detach from the PUA mindset, cool, so I'm gonna try to really focus, <laughs> you should know how much I fucking love you, <laughs> when I'm trying to focus on you, <laughs> when I could just sit in absolute bliss and perfection instead, because <laughs> uh, it's impossible to be fully in that realization while you are talking, oh my god, it's like I just look at something and it just triggers me back into the state. Woo! Okay, I love you guys, so I'm going to step down a little bit from the fucking clouds and try to focus. Now the question comes, when I get back fully in my ego body identification, Am I going to release this? Because <laughs> Pierre can still feel a little bit of fear um, of losing this state from talking about it too much. Because Pierre still has an ego and ego Pierre is aware of having an ego. But the ego sort of knows all these crazy experiences that we can have now. That the ego is kind of like a little bit afraid of <laughs> getting in its own way. It's like a highly, highly evolved ego that understands that sort of doing ego things might not be in its best interest. That's why I can like, I'm, I can be out of this state and I'm still, I understand that I'm just here to do selfless service and be love and, and um, be in the <laughs> fearless state, right? Um, the stateless state. <laughs> Woo! This is a fucking ride. Wow. If people just knew how fucking cool things could be by just Sitting in a room and being aware of your own awareness. <laughs> uh, there would be no wars, I'll tell you that much. Um, so, okay, how do you 
<laughs> if you're still um, uh, listening, uh, fucking props to you. Fucking, you are amazing. Because if you're not in this state or familiar with the state and you can still sit through, you, your consciousness is really trying to wake you the fuck up. So congratulations. Because if you are not beginning to wake yourself up, because it's not like you to get like awakened, it's the awakened self waking itself up. Whatever. Point is, if you're not yet familiar with these experiences and you're still paying attention it means that something inside of you is like we are close to having that so let's keep paying attention to this fucking lunatic in in the headphones right now or whatever way you're listening to this and because this is truth right it's something it's so close to your conscious mind that your conscious mind can go okay there's something to that So, now let's get back to what we were trying to talk about, because I'm starting to sort of come back to normal, as much as I would love to just sit here, just bless out for a bit longer, and I can do that while I'm not recording a podcast, right? And then once I've gotten better at this, I can do it while recording a podcast, but right now it's a bit hard to do both at the same time. So... How do you disconnect from this stuff? Well, you understand you're the problem. This is an addiction. Uh, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then I said, so you're sitting in a bar, right, or a cafe, and these thoughts are coming up. Understand that that's your addiction coming up, and there are many gates. <laughs> that's right. We started talking about the gates, <laughs> right? Um, so you can re- okay, this is this is just the addiction. And you can start doing some self inquiry. I re- recommend checking out Romana Maharshi. Um, or, once I have become more familiarized with this, um, hopefully, um, I will be able to bring people with me into this vast ocean of infinite consciousness. <laughs> so you can experience this too, um, without having to do like 5-MeO-DMT. And, uh, is that what 5-MeO-DMT? Yeah, that's it. Um, you can just access that. Being sober <laughs> multiple times a day, <laughs> just total perfection <laughs> multiple times a day, um, which is crazy. <laughs> Holy shit! I'm almost there. I got another, hopefully maybe like sixty years of this before my body clocks out, and then I can just have this all the time. This this is just crazy, guys. This is just nuts. Um, I hope releasing this and talking about it will not fuck it up. There is a fear. There's a lot of valuable stuff in this podcast. It would be selfless of me to share it. I hope it's not going to cause any harm to what I'm experiencing and cause a regression. (sighs) But, worst case, I'll just have to... (laughs) Just regress a bit and come back to this state later on. Who knows? Time will tell. Um, so you got self-inquiry. It could be a good thing. You could also just step into like uh, just a more loving paradigm, right? So one thing that uh, I teach 
uh, to mentorship clients and that will be part of the product uh, that I'm releasing. That's not going to be like a regular product, by the way. Like it's going to be more interactive than just fully pre-recorded product, but whatever. Um, things like seeing the inner child in someone, right? It creates this dominant, powerful, masculine kind of energy that is very attractive to women. Um, but it, it, it gets you out of the, the status anxiety, the results anxiety, the self-development anxiety, and just gets you into a mode of, of acting through love and compassion focused on other people. So instead of self-consciousness, you become others conscious, right? Um, or you do the Ramana Maharshi shit and you become consciousness conscious. Um, <laughs> and you can just sit around doing what I do. <laughs> this is so cool. Um, I'm going to try not to cling to this too much, though. Um, I started clinging to it after two days of this, and then it sort of yeah, eluded me <laughs> for about a day until my mentor told me, hey, man, it's fine. It's like playing hide-and-seek with the infinite. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Um, so at some stage, I'm probably, I'm hopefully so familiarized with this that I can teach you how to play hide-and-seek with the infinite, <laughs> which is cool. Uh, but until then... Um, <laughs> Um, seeing the inner child, just focus, like doing meta meditation as a practice. M E T T A. It's not M E T A. It's not meta, like a, like a meta level meditation. It's like meta. It means loving kindness. It's Sanskrit and means, means loving kindness. You can do meta to the woman that you see. So instead of seeing her as an object where you can get some stuff and you can improve and you can get results and this is a mirror on your blah, 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 how valuable you are as a man, right? And then you can sort of like, Try to rise low, but let's just try to give value. Now you're trying to give her value, like that—that's just your 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 method of getting your result now, right? Like if you're experiencing pain and suffering and stress and all sort of things from these things, then you have to leave the whole paradigm and you have to just do meta tour in in your head. That's very powerful. Um, you can do some breath work. That's also very powerful. Seeing the inner child, super powerful. Um, and working on fully unplugging from validation. That's like the, the social yoga kind of thing that I've developed over the years. Um, there's quite a bit of information on that in previous podcasts and in the group and all those sort of things. Uh, and of course, it will be in the upcoming uh, product as well. I'm trying not to do a bunch of plugs, but I'm just letting you know sort of like where where to develop, find more about it. Uh, you know, it's a ton in the group. Like you don't have to go and pay for my fucking product to learn it like the basics are already out there but in the product it will be somewhere between eight to twelve weeks of like weekly going back and forth and like a brainstorming kind of thing right um and as i said the the one-on-one version of it is not available anymore unless you've been in touch with me about it already um so, so those are like some gates out of it one you, once you're sitting there. But you have to remember, catch yourself doing it. This is why you want to do meditation daily, 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 right? Um, I don't want to do these plugs, man, but it's sort of coming to me. So I'm just going to gonna say it, right? That's why I'm considering doing the subscription service so you can get at least an hour a day, uh, five days a week, where you get really in, in tune with what is happening in your mind, Right? Um, so that when this addiction pops up, you have this, these practices to turn to. So you have it 
an hour a day, five days a week with us as a group. And then when you're out in the real world and it pops up, you have this strength behind you, right? Because um, you're practicing it so, so much. Um, and then combined with the sort of like 12 week mastermind or product, whatever you want to call it, you'll have all the fucking tools there and accountability and all this kind of shit. Um, that's it. But, but you have to understand that you, 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 you can't, you can't sort of like be a, be half recovering, right? You can't just be like, oh, well, just today I'm going to engage with this shit. Like you just have a full relapse, right? You have to be very vigilant and understand that this will get you to actual salvation, like full liberation and salvation of all pain and suffering if you practice these things that I'm talking about, right? And I'm not talking out of my ass, man. Like, this is legit shit. Um, we're talking a true, connecting to a true higher power, right? Um, You know, you can get so connected that, like, what just happened, it's just this one little trigger where it just, boom, gets me fully back into that space. Um, and it's powerful. It's, it's, it's the ultimate human purpose in some ways, right? To wake yourself up to your true nature. Ah, oh, but fuck, I don't know if I want to put this out. This might be a podcast only for mentorship clients and friends. We'll see if this becomes a public one. Uh, yeah. In any case, um, so that's pretty much how you do it. You have you have you have to leave all of it. It has to it has to be like with addiction. Connect to higher power. Um, get rid of all the triggers. Um, you have to be vigilant, right? And when you meet women, it has to be from a completely different paradigm where you leave all sort of results thinking. Those are like the three core uh, answers to your question. And without further ado, let's get on to the next one. Fuck, this is good, man. Like A couple of people have been like, hey, man, feel free to do longer podcasts and shit. Uh, and I am on a fucking roll. So we will keep going. Um, I'm just going to pull up more questions here. Yeah, that's my computer being a fucking dickhead. If that wasn't obvious. Let's see here. Questions. Yeah, I know. I'm turning more and more silly by the fucking day. Um, yeah, we had... had, had uh, okay, cool. So I, I made a post the other day. I said, pussy on your dick? No problem. Pussy on your mind? Problem. Right? Uh, so I, I'll read the, the post out here. Because... People wanted me to go deeper on the post. If you haven't read the post, it's good if I read it. It's very, very short. I'll read the whole post in like 30 seconds. So I'll read it out now, and then we'll discuss more. It actually ties in perfectly with what we've just been discussing, right? So, pussy on your dick? No problem. Pussy on your mind? Problem. 
was just listening to a talk by Sadhguru talking about money where he explained this truth. Same thing for dating success. Most guys sometimes seem to think I'm somehow against meeting women now. It's sort of how and now sounds in that sentence. I'll read it again because it was confusing for myself. Some guys sometimes seem to think that I'm somehow against meeting women right now. I'm not. What I'm saying is that you can have success with women without being identified with it. This way, you go beyond your ego and find a deep realization about life and discover true fulfillment. While having your worldly sexual success. I'm not saying this is, quote, better, unquote, than game like I used to teach. I'm saying this is more holistic. It's more holistic because you achieve many things with one path. It's an integral path. Okay, so that was the post, right? Uh, this is actually a couple of days before I had the full sort of realization of true nature and these sort of things, right? Um, and uh, so I understood this then, but now I understand it on, on yet another completely different dimension, right? Many, many levels above, right? Um, but basically, this this is how you can meet a lot of women without having the addiction, without having the, the pain and suffering and, and all this kind of crap from it, right? You, if you, if you, when you go in into this paradigm of just seeing the inner child in people, unplugging from validation, practicing the seven levels of relaxation, uh, developing a ballistic energy, um, the, you 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 will meet the women that you're meant to meet, right? But it's not going to be created through your ego. It's like what I was talking about with the breath work earlier, where my body was telling me how many breaths to take, how how long to hold the breath, how long to wait in between rounds. Like I wouldn't even go back to back rounds. Sometimes I would wait like a minute or two between rounds, right? Same thing with women. Like it, when you practice, you know, seven levels of relaxation. Path of most resistance, the three paths of most resistance. Um, unplugging from validation, building ballistic energy, the law of fair exchange. Like when you're practicing these fundamental universal truths that will get you to higher, you know, consciousness pretty much. Um, when you practice that, you will meet a ton of women if you're meant to meet a ton of women. But that's a scary thing for your mind. You go, oh, but what if I'm not meant to meet that? Well, if you're not meant, you will get what you are meant to get. And what's cool is you will have absolute happiness here. Right? That's you just have to have to understand. Oh but but what if I don't get if you don't meet women when you're practicing this, it will not matter anymore. It's just the level you're at right now where it will matter. Once you get here, it doesn't matter and you can get there right away. It, some people are I feel like I'm I'm really far away from that level you're talking about here. Nope. You are at it right now. You can just realize it, right? But I'm not saying you have to have the full like God realization and fucking samadhi and shit in order to understand this. I'm saying there's just a paradigm above this where you will have fulfillment and meaning and purpose and all these things without meeting multiple women a week, right? Now, it is highly likely that you do meet multiple women per week or at least multiple per month practicing it, practicing this stuff because... Mo most likely, if you're listening to this, you're a young man, 
right? And for a lot of young men, it's fairly natural to meet quite, quite, quite a bit of women. I'm not talking like pulling four women a night, five nights a week. If you want that, this shit, like your body's just not going to tell you to do that. That will just be your ego doing that. Um, and that, that's just not what you're going to learn in this. If, if that's what you want to learn, like don't listen to me. Like I'm not, like I don't even want to coach you. I don't want to do this because it's going to eventually not help you at all, right? Go learn elsewhere, right? There are there are people that teach incredible technical game, fully cognitively based, where you can just get your ego goals met, and that's fine if that's where you're. I used to be there. It's no shame, no judgment, right? Um, the company that I was part of, Ultimate Man Project probably the best technical game on the planet, right? Then you have uh, Playing With Fire for online success, right? Um, and then a hyper-streamlined method if you don't want to take it to the really complex path, right? If you don't want to be just a super nerd about it and just make it, like, super fancy, that, you know, the UMP is, like, very, like, here are all the complex, intricate details, right? Like, if you want just a more streamlined thing, like, here's just get the fucking girl, uh, JMOV ta- teaches a very cool, efficient, streamlined method, um, or John Anthony, John Anthony lifestyle, fucking whatever, right, um, playing with fire, uh, social freedom, right, teaches a very sort of uh, cool, their own little, uh, not their own little, I don't mean it in a condescending way, but they teach their own structure, uh, you have uh, my man uh, Michael. Uh, uh, fuck, I'm really sorry, man. I forgot your last name. Michael Collins, right? I don't know why. He's a really good friend of mine. Um, teaches you how to meet women, basically only with like mindset, right? You have sur- surgical. You have Gabriel Gray surgical. You have uh, Daniel White teaching how to to get a girlfriend, right? Out of all of these, what what Daniel teaches is by far the most healthy perspective, right? But it's still in kind of an orange stage, results-oriented way, where it's like a tangible result from it. Um, If this stuff that I'm talking about is, you know, like, nope, I don't feel any kind of pain looking at results, I don't know that, like, I just want to go and learn technical shit and blah, 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 and teach it, cool, fucking go to any of these motherfuckers, right? Uh, I have nothing against them. They are all amazing at what they do. And I really do mean that, right? Um, however, if you want to use this path of meeting women as a way to find a higher power and spiritual fulfillment and awakening in God, then this is the shit. And you have to let go of all that. You have to leave all the groups. You have to stop talking to those people and when I say those people, I don't mean it in a condescending way, even though it kind of sounds that way. But I really, I really don't. I love them, right? They're amazing. Um, with some of them, there's been some friction in our relationships. Uh, but that's mostly been my fault, because I've been a fucking cunt, right? i just like, ah, oh, I'm done with this shit. And then I started judging them for a long time and kind of thing, right? That's all my fault. They're amazing people, right? All of them. Um, and I love them. And I wish them absolute best, I want them to have success, I want them to have clients, I want them to have women, happiness, money, like all those things, right, um, but that doesn't change the fact that it's a completely closed chapter for me, I will not meet women for the sake of meeting women anymore, ever again, I will, however, 
follow this path and sometimes on this path there's a beautiful woman in front of me and my body tells me go and speak to her and sometimes when my body does tell me that then there's another thing that happens and that's called chemistry and sexual tension and that might lead to some amazing yogic tantric sex right but after that I'm not gonna take a fucking picture of her and post a fucking lay report or tell any of my friends no one, no fucking soul. Because that was just between me and another soul. The woman, right? My soul and her soul. Having sex in a way to try to experience God. Right? And whether or not we would have ended up having sex like that. Maybe she would have rejected me. I would have followed my own truth. My actual truth. A higher calling. It's a way of practicing basically Christ consciousness. Uh... But more on that in, you know, mastermind and all this kind of shit. And I'll talk about it more on the podcast in the future. But that's, you know, so, and, and that's what I mean with, it's okay to have some pussy on your dick, right? But if pussy is on your mind, it's your ego trying to, you know, like, how many women do I sleep with? Or how many girls do I have to approach on average in order to sleep with a woman? Or... Uh, how long do I have to be in a bar before I can pull her home? Or like, how many women do I meet for a week? Like, keeping track of all these metrics. That that's the problem. That will create pain and suffering and all this kind of shit. Um, but if you're truly not ready to let that go, don't let it go. Go to all the people that I mentioned. They will teach you how to master that shit, right? What I will teach you is how to have pussy on your dick without having it on your mind, so that you can achieve higher states of consciousness and find out what God truly means. What is that word? <laughs> and who are you? Um, right? So, that's what that means. Cool. Let me see here. Like, we had so many questions. Um, and I'm feeling really good, so I'm going to keep going for a little while longer, actually. Uh, let me just pull up one more here. Uh, here's a good one from Seth. How would you guys react to a girl openly admitting on a date that, quote, she only dates guys who pay for her for, who pay for her for everything because she's attractive and any guy who who she goes out with will pay for everything for her. So why would she choose to go out with one who wouldn't do that? End quote. Um, well, there <laughs> was some guy being a little bit funny, basically saying, fuck the bitch. <laughs> um, we got a couple of good responses. David had a really good response. Uh, she says, I would openly admit to her that I am not uh, one of those guys. She can have a provider type man if she wants, or she can choose me. Uh, blah, blah blah. Cool. Authentic response. Pretty honest, straightforward. I don't mind that. Um, however, um, I I would I I got a little bit of a different, a little bit more integral, holistic perspective on this. But let's first read through what uh, Tasha responded with. It's interesting to have a female opinion on this. It's a long response. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's in the group if you want, but I'll just read the gist of it. 
So, she says, and thanks for your thoughts, by the way, Tasha. Uh, there are only five women, I think, allowed in the group at the moment. They are very selectively chosen. So, the women who are in here, whenever you do give these sort of well-thought-out, respectful responses, that's very uh, appreciated, right? Uh, so, she says, there's a lot, there's a lot happening right now in women's spaces about returning to femininity, receptive to masculine leadership, guidance, provision, stepping into, uh, to the role of helpmeet or supporter. Within this, there are many functions. Some are focused on men and women coming together with one shared vision where they both own roles they are optimally equipped for. It's the concept of, of true legacy building instead of independent you do you, I'll do me partnership. Women coming at, I want a man who provides from the standpoint of ready to back him with all of our resources, taking care of organization, scheduling, sourcing, house, home, kids, insights, research, and more to support him. She would use those terms like traditional partnership division of roles. What you're describing is another woman entirely, is another woman entirely who has become really, who has become really predominant in the past few years. These women who say, think, feel, I'm so pretty, you should pay for me somehow. Well, yeah, all right. So, basically, she's like, there, there is one type of woman that says, I will only date a man who pays for me. That's coming from a very holistic, actually, perspective. And then it's not a woman who's like uh, the bitch uh, gold digger. This one is definitely that, right? Um and that, I really like Tasha's response, and that's my little bit of pushback against what David said. Oh, even though I'm sure David, um, if he met a woman who's coming from this from a very feminine place, he would have also been like, yeah, okay, this is different, right? So I'm not saying he doesn't understand that at all. I'm 100% convinced that he does, but I like her more holistic re response here. And that's pretty much my point of view as well. Um, number one. Don't be afraid of being a provider. You're supposed to be a provider, right? Being a provider does not exclude being a lover, right? That's number one. A lot of guys from, from pickup, again, ties in with everything we've been talking about today. You, you get sort of trained that being a provider somehow is beta and needy. It's, it's not at all. Like nothing is needy if it doesn't come from a needy guy. Nothing is beta if it doesn't come from a beta guy, right? So for example, when I'm with a woman, I will hold up doors. I will hold up hold out the fucking chair for her nah, actually probably not that's a little bit i don't know that doesn't feel like her. but i'll hold up fucking doors um i'm paying for most shit i'm buying fucking expensive gifts um uh you know like doing a lot of things that would be just pure fucking provider type shit um but i can guarantee you there's no woman that i'm dating that sees me as a needy beta kind of guy and some guys are like, but how do I do all that stuff without being beta? It, it, it's just, they, like, you just, you're just not beta, and then you do them. Like, they don't make you beta. Like, they have nothing, like, this is this false link that a lot of guys in the Red Pill and PUA communities have, have, have drawn, that they think that those things make you beta. No, 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 not at all. It's just, if you're beta, you will be beta whether you do them or not. The thing is, though, a lot of beta guys don't have any other way of getting attention from a woman than paying for stuff. So, 
it's just that almost all guys who are beta and needy end up being just the just the provider and being cheated on and all these sort of things, right? And then a lot of guys who are alpha, they don't need to do that to get women's attention, so they don't do any of that. And now guys are like, see, if you're alpha, you don't do it, and if you do it, you t- become a beta. They, they switched cause and effect and correlation, and they just don't understand anything at all. There's no causation here. It's just... As an alpha male, you can decide if you want to pay for, pay for that stuff or not, right? Uh, you would want to be a dominant, powerful, benevolent alpha male who's loving and caring and does these things because it's part of the masculine to provide for. Like we have we, together, we become whole, right? So just like what Tasha, Tasha says here, like a woman who's in a very healthy kind of feminine will want to take care of housing, scheduling, sourcing, kids. Uh, education, uh, food, like all these sort of things. And you take care of bills, security, protection, uh, purpose, vision, plan, like strategy, right? Like like building a powerful network. Like she, she doesn't want, want that. She wants you to make, you know, powerful connections. And she'll be chatting with the, with the wives of those powerful connections, right? That's her job, right? Um, you know, the masculine thinks more utilitarian stuff. That's what we are good at naturally. And women are more good at making things beautiful and pretty. This does not mean, however, that you should not access those parts of yourself as well. Like, I think as a man, it's powerful to learn poetry, to learn uh, how to connect to, to, to the beauty of things as well. Because if if you don't know how to dance with that, you're not going to know how to dance with her properly. And that's when you become one of these stiff and rigid 1940s kind of men who's like, hey, you're masculine and you're very manly and shit, but you're not going to give her that great of an experience in the bedroom because you just don't understand her, right? Write some poetry. Uh, learn how to dance, like actual dance, right? Um, write some novels. Like get into creating true beauty and nurturing. Like do charity, like cook for homeless uh you know like if i can do something for for children with cancer like go and visit the hospitals like these sort of things um so again so she clearly sounds like this woman is coming from a very unhealthy place for me it's just a red flag it's like oh you're not for me it's just an energetic boundary i don't have a response to her it's not like i'm gonna try to win some sort of argument and change who she is it's like oh you're not for me thank you for telling me that's great and now I would make a mental note. It's like, ah, this is actually a good thing to find out early. So this is going to be one thing I'm going to ask women very early on. It's not in the PUA paradigm of make her qualify so she invests. It's like, oh, this is actually something I know, like a boundary that I have. I'm going to screen for this authentically. What happens is that women will now fucking try to live up to your standard. It creates attraction. But this is why you listen to your body. It's like, what do I genuinely have as a standard? And you demand standards, Right. Not from a domineering thing, I'm going to be the alpha male. It's more like, this is actually what I care about for energetic boundaries, right? Um, so, like, literally what she, what, she, what Tasha wrote here is a fantastic response. To be like, that's a good distinction between the woman who wants a man who provides and a woman who also wants a man to provide, but two different ways of wanting that to happen, right? Uh, one is an entitled little shithead, and the other one understands that there's a polarity to life, right? Uh, so that's kind of like my response 
to that. Um, almost two hours. Should we call it a day? I think we'll call it a day. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, and if this ends up making it <laughs> to the public realm, um, congratulations, because <laughs> you know a lot more about what is actually happening in my life, a lot more than I um, uh, originally intended <laughs> to happen. But it happens, so I guess I'll have to surrender to just uh, accepting that the, the cat's out of the bag, right? So, if you made it this far, thank you for tuning in. Um, keep your questions coming in the group. Um, and keep giving me feedback and letting me know what you like and what you don't like about this podcast. Um, outside of the audio, I know the audio is not perfect. That will happen once we are at a few more episodes like we discussed originally. And uh, but other than that, feedback on this. Do you enjoy this? Do you want me to do more of these? What do you think about the length of it? What do you, what do you think about the style of content? Yeah, just give me some fucking feedback. Help me shape these things. So I can serve you. Um, and because that's literally what I'm doing, because as, as you know now, it's quite pleasant for me to just do absolutely fucking nothing. So I'm literally uh, doing this as a way of serving you. Um, and uh, yeah, so help me shape this in the best way possible so we can make this as good as possible. And yeah, so without further ado, thank you for tuning in today. And may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe and may you be loved. Boom.